This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Hey, good day. Thanks for lacing them up with me this Wednesday morning, live and local. It's a great old Wednesday, but that's okay. We are going to fire things up this morning for you. Uh, let's get straight into it and stirring things up. There needs to be an NRL team based in Perth. Not a new one but an existing one. Relocated from Sydney. Which team? Go. 131355 I've got one in mind and why there needs to be one in Perth. We'll get to that shortly. We do have a stack two hours coming up. Mal Meninga after 10 o'clock. Questions for an immortal? Pump them through. Got plenty to talk to him about this week as well. The Rugby v Rugby League issue with Joseph Sualihi. Mal's got his thoughts on that. I'll get his thoughts on a team in Perth as well. Uh, plenty to sink our teeth into over the next two hours, including Rugby League's next instalment of The Father's Son. It will be launched on Sunday. Riley Price, the son of Steve, is going to make his debut for the Cowboys against Dad's old team, the Bulldogs. Geez, that's going to be interesting, isn't it? The proud dad will be speaking to him in about 10 minutes' time, but it did get me thinking, the best father-son combo in sport. 13 13 55 0467 I've got a $50 voucher to the Sporting Globe to give away today to the best text, the best caller of the day. The best father-son combos in sport. Not just rugby league, not just footy. Let's spread the net this morning. Cast it wide. Worldwide sports as well. Father-son combos. Go. Uh, also, step through the right way, the wrong way, and the best way to do a media conference in football. There's been some doozies over the last 24 hours. Plus, where are they now Wednesday? And a chance for a and he's grabbed it. Exactly where he took the uh, final catch in the first innings. Carl Rackerman has taken the catch that wins Queensland their first ever Shield final. Yeah, yesterday, 28 years ago, that moment, one of the biggest moments in Queensland sport, winning the Shield for the first time, one of the antagonists there. And what he is doing now, he is making change. He's making a mad difference for communities in this state. But first... And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Yeah, there does need to be an NRL team in Perth. Get into that in just a moment because the NRL has been given a subtle warning in the last 24 hours. And it's basically saying, stop glancing at the urinal next to you. Instead, take a peek of what's happening over the fence. It's not meant to be cryptic or crass. It's just common sense. And it is to do with expansion, which raised its ugly head again yesterday in Melbourne. And this is where the warning has come from for the NRL. Right now in the Victorian capital, some of the world's most powerful and influential people in sport are gathered at a leadership summit, a conference. It's called Sport Next. As the name suggests, it explores what next in the world of sport. The commissioner of the NFL is there, the 
PGA Tour boss, Formula One's head honcho, the boss of the Brisbane Olympics is there, the head of the International Paralympic Committee. Executives from Microsoft, TikTok, IPL owners, broadcast CEOs. Some of the most powerful, influential minds and people in world sport, in Melbourne right now, all in the one room, talking about sport and the direction it's going. Yesterday, News Corp's executive chairman here in Australasia, Michael Miller, he's also a director of Foxtel and Fox Sports. Got a bit of sway, got a bit of say. He raised concerns over a two-speed economy in Australian sport. We have some of the greatest sports in this country, NFL, uh, uh, sorry, NRL and AFL. They're world-class at how they manage themselves, he said. But he has concerns around the Giants and Suns. He says they're going backwards. AFL's two expansion teams. The guy that signs the checks, he's worried. That's where all of a sudden you've got to sit up and take notice here. He's worried about the two expansion teams. He went on to say that expansion in sports like AFL risks blowouts. As media companies fight for supporters, for fans' attention span in an increasingly competitive market. That is the big challenge for broadcasters and the media. If there's not the competition there, and that's what fans want to see, they want to see a contest, there's so much availability of sports now that they'll just keep swapping and moving in between sports until they find a competition, until they find a contest, until they find something close. They do not want to see blowouts. And this is what the boss of News Corp, a director of Fox Sports, a director of Foxtel, Michael Miller is his name. You mightn't have heard his name, but he's, don't worry, he's very powerful in the world of Australian sport. As I said, signs the checks for broadcast deals. And we know that NRL, AFL, Cricket, to an extent, they all survive off broadcast deals. He went on to say that in terms of choosing what sports to back, that competitiveness, that's where the interest levels are. I'll repeat that. The boss of Fox Sports has said, in terms of choosing what sports to back, it's where the interest levels are. To me, that's a major warning to the NRL. Competitiveness, no blowouts. Loud and clear. The NRL should be listening to this on expansion. The AFL are struggling with it. 18 teams right now in the AFL, and they've got a bigger footprint across this country than the NRL is. That's not opinion. That's just fact. They're in every single state. They have a wider reach. They have 18 teams, and they're struggling, according to the bloke who writes the checks. The Giants and the Suns, what have they done in the last 10 years? They haven't grown. COVID, I know, started to give that a bit of a whack, but still, he's worried. Now, I love the vision Peter Volandis has. He, he led us out of COVID, didn't he? The NRL. Remember, he set the date, March 28, and the entire world, the entire country, the entire world laughed. May, what? May 28. No one's doing anything collectively as a group during COVID, but May 28 happened. The NRL got underway contact sport in the world of COVID. We all remember it. It was one of the first sports on the planet to come back together and play. Everyone else followed suit. Society then followed suit because of Peter Volandi's vision of getting the NRL back up and running. So he led us out of COVID. But the vision of 20 teams? No. No, 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 no. 
And I think we all agree on that, right? 20 teams, way, way too much. And the reason that's come about is the AFL is about to go into Tasmania, which leads them to a 19th team. And we know you can't have a lopsided contest. So invariably and inevitably, there'll be 20 teams in the AFL. So this is where the big picture idea of getting 20 teams in the NRL comes into. Because at the end of the day, it's a pissing contest, right? And it shouldn't be. Just own what you have in your own backyard, but also look over the fence and see what they're doing. And they're struggling, according to the blokes who write the checks. We don't have the talent pool to find another 90 NRL standard players that you need for 20 teams. Rugby league is played in two states in Australia and in a 100-mile radius in the north of England. That's it. That's the heartland. That's the breeding ground. That's the nursery. You do not want to dilute that pool. Celebrate what we have. And you know what? 20 teams. So that's an extra couple of games a week. Are you crying out for that? Isn't there something about leaving them wanting more? So we all agree, right? 18 teams. That That's probably the magic number for the NRL. 13, 13, 55. Happy to take your thoughts on this. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. That needs to happen to even up the comp, 18 teams, because we've already got 17, but we need to bring in another team to make it even. For me, here's the two big sticking points, the talent and the location. So the who and the where. The who is a no-brainer. It should be a Pacifica team, a combined team representing the island nations. Location, well, they can be based on the east coast of Australia and in, in New Zealand. Plus, play some games in Fiji. I know the infrastructure's not there right now, but we're not saying they're going to start next year. Start investing in Fiji. Start investing in the Pacific nations and base a team on the east coast of Australia and in New Zealand. That has benefits. They float like the Dolphins do. The Dolphins float between Suncorp Stadium and Redcliffe and the Sunshine Coast. The West Tigers, the Dragons, they float. So that's okay. It should be that simple, right? But it's not. Because if you're adding an extra team on the east coast of Australia as their majority base, you've already overrun with teams on the east coast of Australia. That's my issue, and this is why there needs to be an NRL team in Perth. And it's got to be one of the Sydney teams relocated to Perth. Cronulla, I'm looking at you. The Perth Sharks. It'd be fitting, wouldn't it? Really? The name fits, doesn't it? You might be sitting there going, Perth, what? What are you, Ben? What? Let me go back to the money man, Mr. Foxtel who raised this in the first place, saying that the two expansion clubs in the AFL are struggling. He's the one that's bankrolling the game. TV rights are the lifeblood of the NRL, the AFL, even cricket to an extent. That, that's, not, that's not opinion. That's fact. TV deals bankroll the game. So when you've got the AFL pumping in $50 million a year into the Suns and Giants just to keep them going, it's even more vital. And, and let me say that again. The AFL is pumping in $50 million every single year to help the Suns and the Giants. We know the NRL will not do that. Clubs must stand on their own feet. We've seen that with the Dolphins. They have a big war chest. They have the financial backing. So if you're bringing a new team in, they need to be able to, one, stand on their own two feet. We're already too heavy populated in Sydney, in the greater Sydney region, as far as clubs are concerned. We need to spread the love. You want to grow the game, fine. It doesn't mean you need to increase the numbers. You need to relocate. And Perth is the perfect time zone.
coming back to Mr. Moneybags, Mr. Foxtel, the guys who write the checks for the game. On a Friday night or a Saturday night, you've got it sorted. You can start a game in three different time zones at 7.30 local time. Perfect time for fans to turn up. So in New Zealand, 7.30, bang. That kicks off on the east coast of Australia, which is your major market, at 5.30. Then you roll straight into a game 7.30 on the east coast of Australia. And then you roll straight into a 7.30 game in Perth, which is 9.30 here. 5.30, 7.30, 9.30. It is ticking boxes all over the place. The broadcasters would love it. Back to back to back. The commercial decision is a no-brainer. The time zone for broadcasts is a no-brainer. If the NRL expands, relocation has to happen and Perth is the place. Now the question is, who goes? The Sharks? Cronulla? Shoot them over to the West. Pretty simple, right? What about the Tigers? What about the Dragons? Should they go? The West Coast Tiger Dragons. Maybe, no, you're losing a team. Who goes? Think think of the benefits. You've got a one-team town. You've got an untapped market. They are resource-rich. You've got a, you've got billionaires living on that side of the country. Mining is huge. It is a billionaire's paradise. It brings new eyeballs to the game rather than the existing audience. If you park another team on the east coast of Australia, if you have another team on the east coast of Australia, is that really expanding your audience? No, spread the love. The Perth Sharks. It's got a ring to it, hasn't it? Speaking of ringing, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Sporting Globe voucher, $50 coming your way to the best call of the day. Uh, Jimmy's out at Ipswich, already jumping on the line. Jimmy, morning Hello. to you. Good morning, Ben. How are you going? Listening every morning on the way to work. Thank you, champion. Now, what's made you pick up the phone this morning? Mate, I've got a few, uh, uh, just two things. Oh, two. So, uh, relocation, I think. I agree with you, mate. Cronulla, uh, they've always been up for that relocation. Perth Sharks got a ring to it because you can't move a team like Penrith, who's won last two premierships, but the biggest junior nursery. Uh-huh. You can't move the Bulldogs. and You've got the West Tigers, they're a joint venture, so you can't move them. You can't move the Dragons, they're a joint venture. So Cronulla is a logical uh, team. You can't move the Roosters or Manly. They're too powerful, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, Perth Sharks for sure, I think... Uh, Back in 95, we had the 20 teams in the NRL, and the Western Reds are actually quite popular. Mm. Back in 95, I'm a bit disappointed they actually got they got uh, kicked out when Super League started. But if you look at 95, we actually, 20 teams, we struggled a bit to get crowds. Yeah. And we had the Crushers, uh, the Cowboys, and all that. So, um, yeah, Adelaide I Rams, the Hunter Mariners, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the Hunter Mariners actually became the Melbourne Storm, technically. If I remember correctly, half their players went to the Melbourne Storm. Is that right? I believe. So you uh, well, and, then, and then and then and then half of, and then half of Queensland go. That's right. Yeah, met, met Matt Orford. He was all part of the uh, Hunter Mariners, wasn't he? Now, so you reckon the Cronulla Sharks, yeah. the Perth Sharks, have a good ring to I it? I do think. I think they do. I think they're probably the best team because they're they're the team that doesn't have as much money as everyone else. Uh, so that's that subject. I think the Sharks are the only team you can logically move to Perth. Uh, the other uh, subject you're talking about was the greatest. Uh, Father Sunday race. So I've got a couple oh, yeah. here. Oh, yeah. uh, we go world. We go world sport. Michael and Mario Andretti. Oh, nice. Uh, yes. We've also got we've got Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Senior. Ken Griffey Jr. Four World Tire Series. Ken Griffey Senior two. If you look at Australian sport, Hayden Button Jr. and Hayden Button Senior in <laughs> AFL in uh, rugby league because I love my sport. Uh, rugby league. I can you're tell you. At, uh, Wayne Mitchell. 
Wayne and Mitchell Pearce. Yeah. Two great players. Mitchell Pearce, Premiership winner. Yeah. Wayne Pearce, um, John, the late John Sattler, Vale John Sattler. Yeah. Great, uh, my dad told me all about that grand final, Vale John Sattler. And his great son, Scott Sattler, that uh, played for Penrith, uh, the Mighty Panthers, and I'm a huge Carlton supporter as well. Go to the Baggers, go Penrith. <laughs> hey, um, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, so, I, yeah. lo- I love your enthusiasm, yeah. and, I lo- and I love and I love the knowledge and tapping into. But you know what? We, we, need, to, we need to save some what? for others. We need to save some for others. All right, so right now, Jimmy, you're the you're the clubhouse you're the clubhouse leader, first cab off the rank, but a fifty dollar sporting globe voucher could be coming your way. Keep listening, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you. We've got callers standing by. Uh, Razor, Jimmy, he was enthusiastic, wasn't he? Morning to you. Morning. How are you? I'm all right. Perth Sharks got a ring to it, doesn't it? You're, you're looking good anyway, mate. That's that's all that matters. <laughs> hey, uh. Just, just want to mention a couple. First of all, there's three states that play rugby league. You forgot Melbourne, Victoria. There's a good comp going down there at the moment. Yeah, still not, um, still not the number one sport. Uh, well, they're the most hated team in the competition, and we love it. Our storm supporters. <laughs> uh, secondly, mate, you can't send the sharks to Perth. There's a shark attack every week over there on the beaches. So, but there's no tigers in Perth. Tiger so sharks. Probably get away. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't, no. should, we shouldn't laugh at shark attacks. No, we shouldn't. But, I mean, Perth, Perth or the West Coast are renowned for the sharks. That's why I thought it could be, could be fitting and apt. But, yeah. So you I'm think, you think, you think the Tigers? Do you think the Tigers, Razor? Well, that, there's no Tigers in Western Australia, so um, they all got shipped to the Melbourne Zoo. But um, <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe – what about an indigenous side? An indigenous side? An indigenous side. Get an indigenous side in and, and, and see how that competition goes. I guarantee you they'd be really extremely hard to beat if they got the best players in the competition playing for them. Oh, they would be. They already, they, already have, they already have that with the NRL All-Stars, the Maori All-Stars and the Indigenous All-Stars. But do we – oh, dear. There we go. Razor, there's one, there's one I haven't thought of. I'm going to have to put my thinking cap on before I say yay or nay for that one. Um, we've got the Tigers and the Sharks heading west. Anywhere else we should be looking at? And you know what? There's argument for the Tigers, West Tigers. Yeah, they're a combined team, and they've already got West in the name, so heading to Western Australia could actually work without much upheaval. And the whole thing is is getting a team out of Sydney, which is already diluted as far as the competition is concerned. So the Western suburbs of Sydney, where the West Tigers have one foot in that camp, what do you got? Bulldogs, you've got the Panthers. Um, yeah, maybe that is to be decluttered. But there we go, Western Sydney. It is the heartland, isn't it? It is rugby league heartland. Keep them coming through. 13, 13, 55, Plenty of father-son suggestions too. We'll be talking to the next instalment of that straight after this break. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, off and running this Wednesday morning, 27 and a half past nine. Ben, the West Tigers to Perth because their performances can be hidden and no names in local teams can hide there too. Be much better than the Sydney players. That's from Lee. Uh, Mick says, Mayor, uh, morning Ben. Glad you just didn't mention South Sydney to move. Western Australian Tigers make sense. They need a clean out. And what's the best way to clean them out? Move them out. 
new board, new owners. That's what they need. Mick, thank you. 13 13 55 And father-son combos coming through as well. This one's from Peach. She says, Ben, father-son combos. What about octagonal and Lonro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lance and Chris Cairns. That one's come through too. All right. The reason we're asking about father-son combos, Rugby League's next instalment is about to be written on Sunday when the Cowboys take on the Bulldogs. Riley Price. We were given, well, a bit of a, a, bit of a tip-off in a way. Brent Tate yesterday said, my nephew Riley Price is ready to go. Whether he gets picked or not, we don't know. Well, a few hours later, we find out he has been picked. And Todd Payton was talking him up yesterday afternoon. Uh, yeah, Riley is son of Steve Price, um, nephew of Brent Tate. He's come from a rugby league family. Um, he's been around the game for a long time. He's technically sound. Um, he's got good leg speed. He's pretty skillful, um, and he can play both back row and in the middle. So um, he could cover both of those positions at any time throughout the game. What about that? Sounds like an absolute ripper. Brent Tate uh, said yesterday he's got his old man covered. <laughs> From what Tom Payton was saying too, he might just do that. And that's going to get back because we do have the old man on the line right now, Steve. Very good morning to you. What You, you, must, be, you must be a very proud dad this morning. Good morning, mate. Yeah, really, really excited, mate. Um, you know, 20, 20 or so years, 22 years nearly. Uh, he's been dreaming of this moment, so yeah, it's really cool to see uh, your kids set out to do something, and then you know the day that they sort of start their journey on it for for real um, is really really cool. Mate, he, he he's had to he's had to do it the hard way, and I say the hard way because you were living uh, overseas uh, and then moved back to Queensland. So each step of the way, whilst he's been playing league, it's almost been a a reset for him every step of the way too. Yeah, I think that's good for him. You know, um, we decided to move back to New Zealand uh, in 2017 and he sort of had played all his footy. Uh, he learned all of his footy over in New Zealand at Mount Albert and, um, yeah, to then relocate, he went to a new school and obviously a new club and there's obviously a lot of kids playing footy on the sunny coast. So I think he started out in the under 15 or 16 might have been under 16 D side at, at Kiwana Dolphins and made his way up there. And yeah, it, I, you know, I think it's been really good for him, mate. Um, he's had to prove himself and yeah, he'll get to do that again on Sunday, which is great. Outstanding stuff. It gives us all hope. Anyone playing in the 16 Ds right now, be it at a club level or at school level, anything can happen. You just keep plying on. Mate, what, what, what's, he, what's he like? Uh, is, I know it might be an unfair question to ask a dad about his son, but what are his attributes? What are we going to see on Sunday? Yeah, mate, he's a bit smarter than his dad. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he reckons he's bigger than him. He hasn't quite got me in height yet. He's very, very close. Uh, he's probably a bit more aggressive than what I was. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't mind a bit of chatter on the field. Um, but, yeah, just a, a really good team. And, again, he's been a bit of a leader as a kid. So he really enjoys, you know, being, um, being a part of the team and trying to lead the way where he can. Obviously, on the weekend, he won't be, but he'll be, he'll be given a role. And um, he's vocal, which I know Toddy has spoken about that. Anything they ask of him, he pretty much in the, in the stride straight away. And... As a player, that's what you need to be. And as a coach, that's what you want your players to be. 
Well, for the first time in 14 years, the price is right in the NRL. Riley Price making his debut this Sunday for the Cowboys against Steve, against your old club, the Bulldogs. Now, you're a life member of the Bulldogs. You, you can barrack against them, surely, this weekend. <laughs> yeah, mate, he was, um, he was born in Hurstville, so only up the road, and I was obviously playing at the Bulldogs at the time, so he was born into the Bulldogs, and now he's made a full circle, and he'll make his debut for um, for his NRL career against the Bulldogs, only up the road from where he was born, so he's had a fair journey, you know, in that 22 years to get to here, and um, it's great that he's been able to get here, because so many young kids aspire to play in the NRL, and don't quite get there for a lot of different reasons, and uh, it's a great achievement, but hopefully it's the first of many, mate. Um, mm. you know, hopefully he goes on to have a, have a lot of games under his belt and have as much fun as what I had. Well, 300-plus games. What are it? 313 games for you in the NRL, 28 origins for Queensland, 16 games for Australia. Uh, do you give him any advice? Does he listen to the old man? I'm looking at that resume. He, surely he's got to. Oh, he actually comes and asks me, mate. Um, oh, good. You know, he plays on a weekend and sort of says, what do you reckon, Dad? And I'm just pretty honest with what I, what I think. And I think he likes it that way. Um, again, you know, he's, he's a very humble kid. He, he listens and always wants to be better. So uh, I noticed there's a lot of talk about Brent Tate. So Brenos is making sure he's getting the rap. Well, you know, you think he's the father of, of Riley <laughs> and he'd probably carry on like he's had a, a big impact on him. But... Um, Pretty lucky kid, you know, to, to get to have an uncle and a dad who played in the NRL, but then get to mix it with guys and that as a kid growing up, you know. Yeah. Um, what great mentors and people to, to learn off, you know, very closely and get to know and understand what it's what it's like, the goods and the bads, and, and how to treat yourself and how to treat people, you know. Oh, mate, well, well said. Well said. Exactly what you want as a dad for, for your son and and daughter as well, mate. We've got to make mention. We're talking about father-son this morning, but father-daughter, Jamie Lee, just quietly, she's going great guns herself in the world of netball, playing for the Giants, playing for Australia. What, she's vice-captain at her club. So uh, your genes, Stephen, your genes going very well. Yeah, I think it's probably my wife's genes, mate. I'm just happy to be... Uh... <laughs> Good, good man. Good man. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I don't know too many brother sisters either. So yeah. Yeah, there's a whole lot of, a whole lot of connections. But again, Brent would say that he had a lot to do with James <laughs> being this So, so um, yeah, no, it's really cool, mate. And unfortunately, but fortunately, Jamie's going to be in Melbourne when Riley's playing. So she won't be at the game, but oh, no. uh, she'll try and get back to Sydney as soon as she can after the game and catch up with everyone and. I'm sure she'll uh, watch the replay, see how he goes. And she'll be pretty honest with him too. She's uh, a bit of tough love there from big sister and, and that's how Riley loves it. Oh, I love it, mate. It's a great story. Hey, now, Steve, I, I, I'm asking the question, or I'm, I, I'm floating today that a team needs to be relocated out of out of Sydney and, and head west. And why this question I'm throwing to you, because right now the, the phone line's a bit scratchy. We're picking up what you're saying, but you are on the west coast of Australia right now, aren't you? Yeah, mate, I'm in uh, Iron Bridge or just near um, Port Hedland. So, uh, yeah, the, a lot of people I really love rugby league, mate. Um, obviously, had a team in the past, and uh, yeah, they, they, they'd be pretty keen. Uh, obviously, the state of origins have been here, and they've mm. got a very good following. So, if that was what the league decided, I don't think you know it'd be a bad, bad decision.
Right. I've said the Sharks should relocate because there's a nice little synergy there with the West Coast and Sharks. <laughs> People are jumping on the text line saying the Tigers. Um, right. Yeah, for a relocation. Not exp- yeah. <laughs> hey, mate, listen. Yeah. All, all, all I, the- I know how passionate the Sydney teams are, mate. Yeah. don't want to be that team. No, that's yeah. all right. Hey, we're in Queensland. We're fine. We're fine. Hey, mate, listen. <laughs> have a ripping Have a ripping weekend. I can only imagine what you'd be and the family would be going through uh, this weekend when it's all playing at a, at a venue that you've had a lot of success at as well, Stadium Australia, or what's it called now? A, a, a core Is that, is that, yeah. A core, yeah. 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 Yeah, mate. Yeah. My old home ground and obviously grand final state of origin. Yeah. Rosie's been there the whole time and now it's going to be added to his debut. So really, really special place. Magical stuff, mate. Thank you for sharing a small part of that moment with us and all the best uh, for the weekend. Go the Cowboys. Thanks, Benny. Yeah, Steve Price. How good, is, how good is that? I mean, you can – the only other comparison I can think of, so Jamie Lee's playing netball for the Giants. Riley's making his debut in the NRL. The Dunkleys. Josh Dunkley playing for the Lions and Kyle, his brother, uh, playing for the Lions as well. And Lara, who's vice-captain of the Firebirds. Brother-sisters combination. What about this? We're throwing out the families today. 13, 13, 55, 0467736736. Great of Steve to take time out to have a chat to us this morning. Uh, time for a news hit. Vanessa's standing by, tapping her toes. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Uh, 14 away from 10. Plenty of love for the Tigers to be booted over. No, sorry, relocated. I've got to choose my words carefully here. Relocated to Western Australia. Uh, and it's still help with broadcast rights, I would have thought. Um, yeah, the Western Tiger Sharks. Yeah, there's plenty of love there. Father-son combos too. Keep them coming through. The best father-son combo, Preston and Jaden Campbell. From Tinger, they always produce the best footy players. I'm a Shark supporter. Oh, here we go. And I don't think I'd be able to follow them if they were to move. Start a new club, the Western Bears. Western Bears, Jared. Western Bears. Mm. But here's my point. You you can't start a new – well, we are going to start a new club to make up the 18 teams, and it's a Pacifica team here on the East Coast because would we – you can't have a Pacifica team on the West Coast, can you? 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Yeah, that can only mean the Kiwis are coming to town this Friday night. The Queensland Reds are taking on the heavyweights of Super Rugby, of World Rugby, really, in the Crusaders. Uh, A big ask, but... They have beaten them before at Suncorp Stadium. We know that. 2011 in the grand final. Some time ago, but that's okay. We hang on to hope. Their chances this weekend, well, let's find out. Let's go straight to the top. Their co-captain, Tate McDermott's on the line. Tate, good morning to you. Morning, mate. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm good. The Kiwis coming to town. It's always a big game. It's always a big crowd. Yeah, exactly right. It's, it's a massive game. Um, you know, we, we had a... We had them back to back last year, and unfortunately, they knocked us out in the, in the quarterfinals. But um, you know, we showed plenty of fight, and 
really looking forward to you know replaying the Crusaders on our, on our home deck. Mm. Um, given what happened this year, it's going to be a massive game. And 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 see, looking at the table, and this surprised me. Um, so you're sitting sixth, two wins, three losses, but the Crusaders are just one spot above you with three wins and two losses. So a lot of ramifications this game as far as ladder positions concerned too. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think that's uh, that's every game to be honest. But um, this this week in particular, with them sitting one above us, uh, you know, the ladder's not usually a good indication of how teams are going. They're they're a lot better than where they're sitting. But um, you know, I think it's going to be a, a, a fierce, uh, you know, a fierce encounter, and, and I'm really looking forward to it. All right. What about the Reds? What about Queensland? A ladder position is that a fair indication of where you're sitting, or should you be higher? No, I'd say uh, we probably deserve where we're sitting at the moment. So, uh, you know, we probably, looking back, there's a couple of games that we, we've definitely let slip. Um, but in saying that, we, we haven't been good enough to take those opportunities when they present themselves. So uh, we're definitely middle of the pack, but, you know, we haven't been anywhere near our best footy, which I mean is a positive, but at the same time, it's frustrating as well. All right. How close is that then, Tate? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a hard one. Like, I can sit here and, and talk about how good we could be, but until we show that, um, you know, it's a week-in, week-out thing at the moment. So, um, you know, from a fan's point of view, bloody frustrating. Uh, mm. From a player's point of view, even even more frustrating. So, uh, I, I think you'll definitely see a response after what was a pretty disappointing performance on the weekend. Well, that was things so close against the, the Rebels. And you, um, well, almost had the match-winning try. Have you spoken to Ryan Smith about, about that? <laughs> about what happened. Nah, I think he's been um, avoiding me, actually. But uh, <laughs> nah, I mean, well, at the end of the day, like it doesn't come down to that. Uh, we leaked four unanswered tries in that first half. Um, you know, The defence across the whole game wasn't good enough. But, I mean, I said it after the game. The Rebels are, are a bloody good side. They're, they're, they're completely different to what they've rolled out in the past couple of years. And, um, you know, they'll actually uh, they'll be a, a con- not a content. Well, they'll be, they'll be good at this year. Let's, let's put it that way. Mate, I know it's always said when it comes to national selection that, you know, just take care of yourself at state level and everything will have a domino effect. Everything will take care of itself when it comes to Wallaby jerseys. But surely a good performance against the Crusaders, a team stacked uh, with All Blacks in a World Cup year, that can only augur well. I mean, I know it's hard not to think about that as a player, surely. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for us is just consistency. So, um, you know, if we put in a massive performance this week and we've got to back it up a week later um, against the Brumbies. So, uh, yeah, like you said, boys have just got to focus on playing well. Um, And, you know, you do that, uh, you know, that opens the door. So, um, you know, it's pretty simple for us at the moment. We've just got to put our head down and uh, get some results. What about uh, players coming back and moving out? We got it. Um, you've lost Hunter, haven't you, for the best part of a, a, a month? Is is that right, Hunter Paisami? Yeah, yeah. So not sure of the severity. I think he's uh, meeting with a couple of people this week, mm. um, but it looks like we'll be without him for a couple of games at least. Okay, but James O'Connor, who's been working his way back into the side, he 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 provides a big difference to you, especially in the halves. But he just. I don't know, to me, it seems the team seems a lot, uh, well, I guess, more direct, straighter. Yeah, I mean, just his experience, mate, is, is invaluable yeah. out there. Um, I, I think the boys have obviously responded really well to, to how James plays and how he sees the game. Um, you know, and he's been in the hot seat the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, they're very familiar with, with what, he, what he brings to the team. And, uh, you know, he's an important player for us. 
All right, mate. Well, listen, we will be cheering you on on a Friday night, no doubt about that, because it is a big game, whichever way you look at it, a big crowd, and not all of them cheering on Queensland. We know there's a big Kiwi contingent in this part of the world too. So uh, enjoy these matches. They are the ones we look forward to uh, each year and all the best. Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate it. There we go. Tate McDermott from Ballymore. Uh, a big task ahead of them. But, geez, wouldn't it be good to get an upset? Rocking and rolling. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, Tyson's out at Slacks Creek. He says, Ben, send the Dolphins over to WA. They aren't sure where they're from anyway. <laughs> Uh, no, let's say they're owning they're owning this part, the northern side of Brisbane, and the sunny coast and the central coast of Queensland. Um, what does Tyson have a point? I'm saying relocate one of the Sydney teams. Four teams in Queensland seems a nice fit. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Someone did mention earlier in the text message, I'm trying to remember who it was about a South Sydney. Glad you didn't mention them. Might have been Mick. But you have a look at the eastern suburbs of Sydney. That's quite crowded. You've got the Chooks there. You've got Souths. Um, as far as inner city clubs, you've got the West Tigers sort of in that Balmain-y type area. I know it's not the eastern suburbs, but still, is there another team that should be relocated? 13, 13, 55 Ah,มาลแฮปปี้เวนสเดย์ทูยูบีโฟร์วีกิตสตักอินทูเอเวอริทิ่งแต่วูบีอีกกูดไอเดียอันฮูฮูฮูวูดยูเซนด์เวสต
I would say there'd be an incentive, Mal, to rather than who's more vulnerable or the most vulnerable, an incentive to head west. I mean, we're talking about an untapped market. We're talking a resource-rich market. It's a billionaire's playground on the west coast of Australia. So you're opening and exposing rugby league to to a new audience rather than a, a new team on the east coast, which has got a captive audience for rugby league. Yeah, the community development there. So maybe there's an incentive. Maybe there is a financial incentive for a club to relocate. You, you wouldn't lose, say, say if we had the Sharks, you wouldn't lose that connection to the Shire. A, a bit like no. Fitzroy have done with the Lions or even South Melbourne with the Swans where they have relocated and uh, and well, it was a merger, wasn't it, between the Lions and, and the Bears. Well, it was, but still, it was a merger and it was, yeah. and it was, it was and they were vulnerable when you talk about yes. yeah, their financial situation and their success on a regular basis, you know, the Sharks are in the top eight. I mean, obviously the, the Dragons are having some issues with um, their management and the way they've combined the two areas, you know, around obviously the St. George region plus you know, down in the Illawarra as well. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, I mean... Could the Dragons go with our game is, can, you take, can you take you the Dragons out of St. George? Isn't that the reason why no, they are the Dragons? No. Not really. It's... Um, but I go, I go back to and use an example like South Sydney, the Rabbitohs, and you know what they had to go through and um, to come back into the competition. That's been spoken about yeah. on a regular basis in recent times. Obviously, with the passing of John Statler and the in- influence he had um, through that that time period in the early two thousands. So there's a lot of tradition, there's a lot of emotion, um, and how do you take that out of out of the Shire as an example, or out of Cogra? Uh, around that St George area, you know, how do you take that out of out of uh, all those rusted on fans and and place a team over uh, in Perth? You know, so well, it's a lot, gonna, of, yeah. a lot of a lot of emotion attached. There's a lot of water yeah. on the bridge. Yes, and a lot of water it's, it's, it's in Perth difficult. where the sharks can difficult. thrive. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tell you one. I tell you one thing. I, I don't know whether without without you growing your base, I don't know whether you know 18 teams or 20 teams um, is you know, will work unless you've got. Yeah. I reckon. You know, two divisions or something like that. I just think that the amount of rugby league that they play at the moment there's 27, 27 rounds. We've already played four grounds, four four games in the in the month of March, and there's has been um, a lot of injury. Obviously, a lot of talk around only the five week preparation because of the World Cup. Um, it's we can't make our season longer. You've got pre season uh, competitions. You've got the domestic season. You've got a, You've got the interstates, you know, series with State of Origin. You've got the international program as well. So th- those sort of things have to come into consideration. What is the balance of the year? You know, we've got mm-hmm. 18 teams. Well, you can't play each other once. You know, you, what, what is the maximum amount of games you can play uh, through your domestic year? And I feel that you know, we had it right you know, last year with 25. At the moment, I just feel that we've gone too early in the, in the season. You know, we've, had, we've, we've got 27 rounds and... And we are, we are looking at uh, higher injury rates and concussion rates at the moment. One of the great things is the game. It's a very physical, combative sport, Ben. It is. Know? So yeah. we've, got to, we've got to look after the play, players. That's why we love talking to Mel Meninga, one of the great thinkers of the game. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Mel, what were you thinking when you woke up to the Canberra headlines this morning that Jack Whiten is going to test the market. He may not be a Raider. Your Raiders, he may not be a Raider yeah. as of next season. Uh, by surprise. I mean, I was surprised that um, they would do that. Uh, but I look, but in delving into it and have a look at it, um, 
you know, so at the moment he's he's obviously he's got to have a he's got a player option on next year and he's got to have that triggered by round 10 so he's already m- mentioned that he's not going to he's not going to take up the player option he's going to go to market and have a look at what his what his true value is um, you know everyone's saying it's just under a million uh, to stay around the Raiders for another year but then I can't blame his manager and the way Jack's thinking around well this could be his last contract um, he's he's 30 years of age um, he's probably looking for a three to four year contract so that's going to take him out at the end of his career and may, he may get a couple more years in England if he chooses to so I mean this is a really important decision for Jack and his family yeah. uh, and how he's going to set himself up you know, beyond his playing career I think that's a pretty smart move by Jack and, and by his manager. And I also think that you know, Jack's a, a, loyal, a loyal person. Uh, same with the Raiders. The Raiders have looked after him for, you know, ever since he was a young kid. Um, so there's a lot of loyalty there. But Jack wants to win a premiership. Um, he, needs to, he needs to be convinced, I guess, from a, the Raiders' point of view, whether that's going to be possible in the next three to four years. So he's got a really big decision uh, to make around um, you know, what he... What he's going to do beyond football? It's not. I don't think it's anything to do with footy. You know, I don't think it's on-field stuff. It's a bit beyond that. Mm. And, and and Mal, that that's that's where I land with this. I think yeah, it's going to be the last contracts he, he will sign. The fact that he is so loyal to Canberra, the fact that he does want to win a premiership, and some can argue that the Raiders are in there or thereabouts. What they made that grand final against the Roosters. That was the the sixth yeah. tackle or six again grand final. He he won the Churchill Medal in in that game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, yeah, um, he so he's he's done everything in the game. He's yeah. played the grand final, but he hasn't won one. No. That's the thing, you know. So, you know, as a player, you know, you look back on your career when once you're finished, and you know, he's played for his state, he's played for his country in this with distinction. It's just yeah. he hasn't won that premiership, which is having one of those rings that you put on your your mantelpiece, you know, after you finish playing is a big carrot. So for Jack, um, like I said, it's a big decision. It's not only his last contract, but he's looking for that that piece that piece of silverware yeah. that every player every player dreams of. And Mel, know, because, because start, of that, because of that, in life. yeah, and because of that, this is where it lands for me that Jack White and, and his manager are being quite clever about this, testing the market. They may get an offer, two or three, to say, well, we'll give you three years at this price. So then they can go back to the Raiders and say, look, we've been offered... Because I think it's about time, yeah. isn't it? Like, it's in the length of the deal, the the, the money. Yeah, I think it, I think it is. Yeah. yeah, I think it's around the length of the deal. Yeah. So he's just to at sharpen the, the Raiders up. He's a bit. contracted. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm thinking that too. And if he just takes up the player option for next year, that doesn't do himself any justice, you know, beyond those couple of years. He's getting older, so at the time I think the timing's right now. Mm. Um, he did take up a player option for this year because uh, he. He's still at, a, at an age where you know he can still command the big dollars, you know, from the game. So um, the, I think the timing's right from his manager and from Jack to start to think about, you know, what are, what are they going to do beyond their playing days? And you know, I feel that you know, three to four year contract would be a, a great contract for Jack. He looks after himself. He's a tough bugger, you know. So yeah. it, there won't be any there won't be any any repercussions to signing Jack Whiten on, you know, for for a longer contract. Um, he'll do his best to, to do his best, um, you know, to fulfil those obligations. You know him more than most, Mel. You've had him with the Kangaroos. What about, could you see the day, could you see him signing with the Dolphins? We're, we're hearing reports that the, the, the contact yep. has already been made from Redcliffe to, to his manager. Uh, we know that they are 
they have a war chest. They can afford him. They're, they're looking for a marquee. Could you see the day that Jack Whiten could be a dolphin? I can see it. I can see it. Um, but that's 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 looking after one. I think one decision that he um, is looking for at this stage, and that's a, a longer contract on good money, uh, which he's never done before. He's never gone out to the market. He's remained loyal, and he hasn't even assessed what he look what his value would be, you know, in that open market as well. Um, but then it'd be up to the Dolphins and Wayne. You know, he's a great orator, Wayne. Uh, mm. Will the Dolphins win a premiership in the next three to four years? And and what plans they got in place to to ensure Jack that that's uh, what they can do. So and that's what the Raiders have got to do. They've got to prove to Jack that you know they're in the picture for a um, you know for a chance to win the the premiership in three to four years. That's an aging forward pack they've got the Raiders. And I would say the Dolphins have got an ageing forward pack too, yeah. you know, the Bromwich boys and Felice Cafusi, you know, so Jared Wallace, all those sort of guys. Um, it's an ageing pack. So I think the, the conversation is going to be around, uh, you know, yes, we'll be in the picture for a premiership and these are the reasons why. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Who has more chance of a premiership in the next three to four years? The Raiders or the Dolphins? I'm going to throw it open to you. All right, Mel, you, you mentioned how it will be an emotional move if we're relocating a team to Perth. It'll be an emotional move for Jack Whiten if he was to uproot and uh, leave Canberra. But emotion is running high in rugby league right now against rugby union. And it's all around Joseph yeah. Sualihi. It is one of the biggest talking points, if not the biggest talking point in the game right now your thoughts on him should he stay in rugby league should he honor that contract or are you of the phil gould mold <laughs> i can't imagine i can't imagine you would be mal but i've got to ask no. do you do you say leave now son you are not doing the game any justice well you know phil's got a point there's no doubt about that you know because you know rugby league is going to be investing in joseph for the next you know, 18 months and he goes to rugby and a better player and, a, um, you know, probably a, I mean, he's a great person anyway, you know. So, but I hear, I read what uh, Trent Robinson said in the media today around fear-mongering and ridiculous statements and stuff like that. I just think as a, as a rugby league person, we've got to have faith in our game. You know, we've got a great game. We've got a great product. You know, people love watching it. So we shouldn't be in fear of any any other code, you know, trying to trying to poach our players. Um, there's a grand old saying, isn't there? You know, one, one player leaves, there's another player ready to take his spot. Um, I think as rugby league people, we've got a, re, a responsibility and obligation to Joseph to, you know, give him the best experience he can possibly have in our game because we want him to be an advocate when he goes across to, to rugby union. Who knows? We might want to get a rugby union player back to rugby league, you know, so he can't speak highly enough of our game. We don't want Joseph Suolini going over to rugby and saying what a what a bugger of a game is and with bad people involved, you know. Uh, so we want we want him to go away uh, thinking that, you know, as he, rugby league's a great sport, um, you know, maybe I've made the wrong decision, you know, but uh, that's the way I think. I just think we've got a, rob, uh, a responsibility to be inclusive and, you know, when we we talk about in you know in recruitment and retention we don't we can't keep every kid at our club every player at our club but we want to give them the best experience they they possibly can so that um, when we go back to them and say listen you want to come back and play our game um, they think favorably on that on that question 
was part of the Blues squad last year. And I know you faced something similar from memory with Israel Folau yeah. when he was heading to AFL. That's right. And the question was, you know, do you play him in I State think, of I Origin? Think you gave me a hard time over that, didn't you? I would have asked the question, Mal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I did. I don't know if it was yeah, a hard no, time, well, but I mean, okay, I'm of the belief that if you've if you've got a resource there, if you've got the best player and you can pick them, yeah. well, then pick them. And that's yeah. what you did with Israel Folau, right? Well, and the players want to play with him too. I think that it's it's becoming of the players actually want to play for a play and play with a player. I think that's a that's another question we need to ask. You know, um, I'd imagine all his Rooster teammates would want to play with Joseph because he does bring something to the. Yeah, to the team. Um, whether he'll make the New South Wales side is a question mark. Where does he play? That's the thing. He may may play on the wing, but they've got so much talent. They've they'll have Tommy Trevojevic and Latrell Mitchell back this year as well. You know, James Tedesco is playing fullback. Yeah. Where do you play, Joseph? You know, so maybe on a wing. But they've got you know, the Fox. They'll, they'll pick the Fox definitely this year for sure. <laughs> they've got Daniel Tupu. You know, so he's a talent as well. Um, that young Karaz who's playing really good footy for Bulldogs, you know. So, what do you do? You do you pick? You pick. I um, mean, they're all they're all talented. And they're all in form at the moment. So, where does Joseph fit in into that scenario? But you'd have no hesitation in playing him for State of Origin, even though he's going to rugby. I'd have no hesitation playing him. No, uh, if he was the best player in that position. Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. Mal, quick one on club uh, footy at this stage. Um, Broncos, are they the real deal for you? Absolutely, they've been the real deal for a couple of years. In my opinion, I just think they've got unbelievable talent coming through. Um, great athleticism with their team right across the board, and they just needed Adam Reynolds to come in and and be the puppeteer, really. Um, you know, and he's doing a terrific job too. I. I think he's the most valuable player in the competition. I mean, Nico Heim was terrific against, you know, with the Sharks on the weekend, coming back and, you know, everything that Nico did on the weekend was unbelievably great. Uh, but Adam Reynolds just provides that, that glue for the, for all those young fellas and all those young fellas now, the Payne Hasses and the, the, Car- the Carrigans, the Rickies, they're all coming to, into the prime of their careers. So, you know, it's a, it's a really well-balanced, uh, very good footy team, um, and well coast as well. Well, here's one for you. What about Jack Whiten to the Broncos? Premiership. Where does Jack play? <laughs> well, they're about to lose Farmworth. Could he play well, in the I mean, centres? Jack. Well, Jack can play anywhere, of course. Yeah. But you know, the big money is at five eight. Is in the halves, in the spine. You know, the one, mm. the six, the seven, and the nine. Um, well, the, the man you just spoke he, about, Reynolds, is not going to be there for. I mean, I know he's not a halfback, but I mean, a, no, uh, no, but I mean, he, there, there'll be a spot open in the halves in the next couple of years. Well, I mean, everyone will be looking at it. There's no doubt about that. You're know, looking at their depth and what the what talent they've got coming through, how they can um, develop and grow their young their young players because it's it's ideal situation if you can retain. Yeah, your youth and um, you, you improve them. It's become it's a lot cheaper proposition, a lot yeah. easier proposition, and cohesively it, it works out even better for your club. So they've got to make those those decisions. I mean, anyone you put Jack Jack Wyden's an elite player, and you can put Jack into any team to be honest with you, and to get value. You know, why, why not the Storm? You know, if Pappenhausen's no good, you put Munster back there and. You can build a story. You put Jack at, at at six. You can build a story for every club, really, yeah. to put Jack in, in at six. But he he wants to play six, 
They'd be pretty um, full so, with their salary cap at the storm. Oh, well, the Roosters well, could exactly afford him. The Roosters could imagine. afford him, couldn't they? Well, I reckon the Broncos would be fairly. Well, you know, the, the rap, yeah, the Roosters. <laughs> so while he's gone, so, you know, when all of a sudden. Yeah. He fits, uh, that, he fits that mould, doesn't he? Yeah, because all of a sudden their salary cap is, what, $17 million. Anyway, mate, we will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the Roosters, the Roosters do things really well. Um, <laughs> Don't I mean, they? Players do, do well, they, they, they accept less money to go there because yeah. they get well looked after after their playing days. You know, I think that's, a, that's of great value. and That's one of the, the really positive things about going and playing for the Roosters is that uh, the people they've got in their club um, can certainly help you after footy. Mate, outstanding as always. Let's do it again this time, again next week. That'd be awesome stuff. And we know that one of, uh, well, your former captain, well, the captain underneath you, Cameron Smith, is standing by as well. So it's a mortal Wednesday and Goat Wednesday as well. Mal, we look forward to <laughs> we look forward to chatting next week. Appreciate it. All right, Benny. Time, mate. Thank you. Outstanding. Mal Meninga, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab Ink Protein. That's right. It's powering tomorrow, today at 24 past 10. 26 away from 11. Thanks for your company this Wednesday morning. 25 degrees, heading for a top of 29. Rain on the way. If it's not raining already at your place, it is coming. I'm looking at the radar, uh, tipping a few storms. All right. Media conferences, talking to the media, putting your mouth in front of a microphone and camera. It has plenty of pitfalls along the way. There's the wrong way, there's the right way, there's the best way. And in the last 24 hours, we've seen them all. This one has got to be heard to be believed. Moses Suley from the Dragons yesterday was talking about a former Manly teammate in Villarmi Fafita who's been part of a player swap, who is coming from Manly and coming to the Dragons. Moses was asked about it yesterday. This was his response. We got the same manager. Um, my manager uh, let me know that um, he was looking to come here. Um, from what my manager said, he didn't want to come. Uh, he loved it over there mainly, but, um, yeah, I was in the same situation as well. Um, I didn't want to come here, but I want to do what's best for me and what's, what's best for my footy. And, um, and yeah, I guess... Um, he's coming to do the same thing. So hopefully he comes, has a crack, and, yeah, hopefully he does well. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if you're a Dragons official, if you're the media manager standing there and hearing that, I didn't really want to be here. I mean, look, from a media point of view and from a fan's point of view, we want you to speak your mind, but there's sometimes a line. It's a bit like, you know what that reminds me of? Do you remember when Jared Hayne was signed for the Titans? Hmm. 17-minute media conference sitting alongside Graham Annesley. For the first 13 minutes of that, he just pined for Parramatta, saying it was a shame they couldn't get the deal done to play for Parramatta and would have been really good to go back to Parramatta at Titans HQ when he'd signed for them. It's like pining for the ex-girlfriend in front of your current partner. What the... Yeah, so an example of the, the, the probably the wrong way of doing a media conference, speaking to the media, we want you to speak your mind... Moses, but that's just gone a little bit too far. Here's an example coming out of Red Hill yesterday. Jordan Rickey, and this is of the, I guess, the technically correct way of doing a media conference. Um, and, you know, Tigers have been playing good footy um, for the first game, for our first four games as well. And no, um, actually coming off a winning streak last year, we actually lost to these guys too. So it's a really big focus for us. We just want to uh, stay humble and, and stay hungry. So, yeah. Yeah, tell him he's dreaming. Tell him he's dreaming, all right? The Tigers have played good footy in the first four. No, they haven't.
No, they haven't. But this is textbook 101 as far as media relations is concerned. Yeah, talk up the opposition. Pump them up. Take the focus off you. Talk about the fact you've had a bad record against them and you just want to stay humble. That That is textbook stuff. That is how they want you to do it as far as being clinical and robotical, I would have thought. But the Tigers, please. They've played well over the last four weeks. They haven't, Jordan. So that is the textbook technical right way of doing it. But the best way of doing it, well, we've got to hand it back to the cheese. Brandon Smith talking and I guess doubling down on his comments and maybe explaining them about his Roosters teammate, Joseph Suolihi, who is going to rugby. He was asked about them again. I'm I'm from New Zealand. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I support the All Blacks. I don't support rugby. I, I grew up in a household where rugby was not a thing. And Australians hate Kiwis. Kiwis hate Australians when it comes to sport. It's just fact. Like, I, I don't exactly like the kangaroos. But, um, you know, I respect the players and all of them that play for them. But, but I just think it's, it was friendly banter between... Yeah. A cross-code banter that, and cross-code country banter that I thought it was funny. And like everyone thinks Suwali and I'll, I guess I am jealous of Suwali. Jesus Christ, who's not? He's <laughs> tall, he's six foot four, he's sexy and he's making $1.6 million in a few years when he's about 22. So, no, we're still boys. We still, <laughs> we still hang out. We still hang out at training. We're sweet. Never, I, I hope I eat my words. I hope that... He is a massive difference in the Wallabies becoming a, a great side. <laughs> but I just – I don't want them to beat the All Blacks. Yeah. Brandon Smith, the cheese, the hectic cheese, just dropping truth bombs. That's the best way to go about it. Now, that was on his podcast – or not his podcast. That was on James Graham's podcast. But, again, in front of a mic, and you know that it's going out to the masses as well. So an example of the wrong way, the, the right way, and the best way. There needs to be more cheese, doesn't there? And that's probably just a general rule in life, not just in sport and NRL and to do with Brandon Smith. The more cheese, the better, I reckon. 13, 13, 55, Where are they now Wednesdays? Coming up straight after this, plus more of your calls on the open. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Uh, a quarter to 11 straight after that. Cam Smith, then in camp, they're back. But the captains run 11 a.m. today, next week. After daylight saving finishes, they'll be going back to the normal time of midday. But until then, we're putting up with that. Uh, we're also doing it today for the Titans. You can feel the energy this NRL season as a Gold Coast Titans member. Titans.com.au. Before we get to where are they now Wednesday, let's head to line three. Mix on the Gold Coast. Morning, mate. Good morning, Ben. Hey, uh, just quickly, I had one for about the AFL, you know, talking about the ablets and that earlier, but I umpired in the Ormo or Orbos District Football League in Victoria and I had three generations playing in the one team. Three, three generations? So what, like a, a grandfather, father and son? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Prendergats, their name were, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's bush football for you. Bush football. That is outstanding. Hey, 
Mick, I reckon we had Jimmy as clubhouse leader. I reckon you have joined him uh, uh, even coming into that as far as call of the day. Three generations in one match. That is outstanding. Uh, I reckon a Sporting Globe voucher, $50 worth, is going your way. Logan and Rabina, it's your home of the AFL or NRL. All games live and loud. Father, son, well, I tell you what, our next guest kind of fits into that. I'll explain more in just a moment because yesterday marked the 28th anniversary of one of the biggest sporting moments this state has seen. And a chance for Rackham and he's grabbed it. Exactly where he took the uh, final catch in the first innings. Carl Rackerman has taken the catch that wins Queensland their first ever Shield final. Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday on the hill there at the Gabba, winning the Shield for the first time. But for my next guest, it was the beginning of his career, one that would yield more Sheffield Shield wins, uh, the Queensland captaincy, even a World Cup. But once his cricket playing career stopped, his involvement in cricket didn't. He's combined his love for the game and his love for the Queensland or love for the state of Queensland into a job. That's what he does now. He travels the state helping fundraise for communities all over Queensland via sport. Who could it be now? We speak to none other than the managing director of the Bulls Masters, Jimmy Ma, former Queensland Captain World Cup winner. Jimmy, very good morning to you. G'day, Ben. How are you, mate? Very well, very well. More importantly, how are you and where are you? Because you travel all over this great state of ours helping communities via sport, don't you? I do, mate. And I'm currently, you wouldn't believe it, I'm at my office, but I've ducked out <laughs> to speak to you. And I'm sitting in the... Uh, I'm sitting in the Stuart Law stand overlooking the great Allen Border field and looking at the Catherine Ramont end and, and also the un, yet to be unveiled Eddie Gilbert end of the Allen Border field. So, um, yeah, it's like, like drizzle of rain at the moment, too. All right. Well, the Bulls Masters, um, I know you won't be stationary for long because you do travel all over this great state of ours. Tell us about the Bulls Masters and, and how it was formed and the idea behind it. Yeah, mate, basically, it probably came from an idea. Um, that I lived through my youth, I guess, growing up in Babinda and Innisfail up there in far north Queensland. And we used to have uh, cricket games, Cairns and Townsville, where there'd be three, you know, greats from from Queensland come up and play for each team, like an Alan Border, a Greg Chappell, a Thompson, a Greg Ritchie, uh, Martin Kent, um, back in those days. And there was something that I remember as a 10-year-old, I just thought this was huge. Like, you got so many people out and about um, to watch the game and everyone was following cricket and we know we hadn't ever won the Shield. Cairns-Townsville was a big rivalry. So I guess it was born there, but it sort of, it came to, to mind more so at the back end of my career when I sort of, you know, the game had, had, had fully turned professional and the days of that or, or the current player getting back to those regional centres to, to harness, foster the game and, and to create those opportunities or moments for, for regional people to, to hang on to, that they were over in terms of current players doing that because they simply didn't have the time. So it's no one's fault. It's just the, the game had evolved and mm-hmm. um, and they were in the gym and, and, and full-time at a cricket cricket ground getting uh, paid really good money. So those those tours had ended. So I thought, you know, I was talking to Casper going to an ACA trip we did interstate and I said, you know, Queensland's big enough for us to be doing this all over our state and getting up there and coaching the kids, doing school visits, doing hospital visits, 
um, you know, fundraising dinners, a golf day, a cricket match against the locals, where all the proceeds and the and the funds raised from all those events stay in that town and with that community. So um, with a bit of, you know, obviously a lot of help from a lot of people and, uh, you know, high-profile players like Ian Healy and AB and um, Vic and Casper and these sort of guys that, that really believed in what, what the concept was. Uh, here we are some uh, nearly 14 years later and, and, and helping so many great regions. So I guess that's how it all started because I, I lived it growing up in the community. And as you referred in the uh, in your intro, Ben, the, the first ever Shield final winning team, I think seven of those players came from regional Queensland. So um, it, it, it's a big, um, I suppose, a big place to harness talent. We need to get out there and make sure we do it. And it's not just cricket, is either, Jimmy, is it? I mean, anyone who's played for Queensland in any sport can be involved, or you have looped them and roped them in to be part of the Bulls Masters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, constitutionally, um, to be a Bulls Master, you have to have played a first-class game or a one-day game for the Queensland Fire, uh, the, the, the women's BBL Heat team, the Brisbane Heat team, the Bulls uh, in a one-day or a, a Shield match or a first-class fixture. Um to, to be eligible, so both male and female, obviously, and then um, and we too we we've, we've found so many places like you know blokes like Wayne Grady, Wendell Saylor, Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston, um, you know they all love their cricket. So you know uh, Laura Geitz has come to Bundaberg with us before. Um, they've all sort of uh, engaged well with cricket, and they're great Queensland legends and people that. You know, when we're on the bus in those places, it's quite funny. You know, they all want to talk cricket and all of us cricketers want to talk whatever sport they play because we don't <laughs> want to talk about the cricket. So it's, uh, it's, quite a good, it's quite a good blend and a good mix to have, have those people around. And, uh, yeah, it, it's quite funny. They, well, they're, they're nuffies about cricket and we're nuffies about footy or, or, or netball or whatever sport it is, golf, you know. Jimmy, it's an outstanding uh, concept. It's the envy of other states. I know that you get Merv Hughes, Adam Gilchrist from Interstate, uh, and, and they are just going, why can't we have anything like this in our parts uh, of Australia? But they just can't. It's a Queensland thing. It, it, those listening right now, it, if they want to get involved with Bulls Masters or help out in any way, how do they do that? Yeah, it's just pretty much, you know. I mean, last week, for instance, in Brisbane, we did a, a combined lunch with South Cricket Club here in, in Brisbane, 125 years of South Cricket history. Um, you know, from that lunch, they raised significant. We haven't finalised because it only finished last Thursday, but it was a, it was a great fundraiser. So I guess when, when you see an event, whether it's a golf day or a, a lunch in Brisbane or wherever you are all over the state, um, you know, there's there's um, there's different events that we do. Get in and support them. I mean, they're all they're all helping your own community and and charities. We we partner with so many charities over the years. We've done stuff with Bravehearts, with the Cancer Council. We've done stuff with Couch in Cans. You know, there's probably a Outback Futures mental health organisation. We don't sort of um, you know pick and choose. We just we try and help as many different uh, organisations through our sport profile as we can and. Um, uh, the, the charities involved, yeah, as I say, we're, we're, we're open to suggestions to help anyone raise some money. We've done stuff with the Royal Women's Brisbane Hospital uh, for the last three years, which, which has been great to help them fundraise. Um, so, so yeah, it's really just engaging in, in when you see our events, get in, get in and come and have a good time. Generally, we, we have some good speakers and some good comedy, so it, it's a good fun afternoon, evening or, or game of golf, whatever it is. Outstanding stuff, mate. And it's why um, this Saturday night I've had the privilege over the last few years to uh, host 
uh, or co-host the Queensland Cricket Awards. And this Saturday night, uh, there is a new award named the Ma Pike Award, named after yourself and Kirsten Pike for service to the community. And just from what you've just told us now, that's exactly why and the reason why that award has been named in your honour, mate. So it's an outstanding tribute to you and what you've done. Yeah, thanks, Ben. It's uh, it's um, it's quite humbling. I will correct you there. It's the Pike Ma Medal, not the Ma Pike Medal, but um, <laughs> lady, ladies first, Ben. Um, well done. Uh, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm terrifically humbled to to share that this medal with with Kirsten. She's a an absolute trooper for Queensland uh, women's fire team. She played over 80 games for for the, her beloved fire. She played for Australia. She played one day cricket. She was part of our first ever T20. Uh, fire title with Queensland with the women's she's a director on the board of Queensland cricket uh, she does a, her own you know cycling charity fundraising stuff so um, I'm tr- yeah, incredibly humbled a bit to be uh, you know named the medal with her given her, her feats on and off the field for cricket have just been amazing and, and she she certainly uh, deserves this award in her name so yeah humbled and unfortunately I won't be able to be there as you know I'll be up in Ingham um, but uh, I'm sure it'll be a great night, and, 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 yeah, she thoroughly deserves that. Outstanding stuff, mate. Well-deserved, and thank you for your time this morning. Jimmy Ma, where are they now Wednesdays? The Managing Director of the Bulls Masters.